This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. And welcome to the best show on your radio. You know it better. It's Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. With Harry Douglas, I'm Freddie Coleman. Appreciate you joining us on the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80. And always tell that smart speaker of yours to play ESPN Radio 10 minutes away. And we mean not a second later, not a second more when it comes to 10 minutes. We're going to do a little. uh, They said it. You heard. What? Combine edition. And believe me. You should be afraid. You should be very afraid what somebody's going to say and how Harry and I tell you what we heard that comes up in about 10 minutes. Speaking of hearing things and saying to ourselves, maybe hold on a second when it comes to They said it. You heard it. What? When it comes to Caleb Williams. Now, Pete Thamel, ESPN college football writer, had a chance to speak with Caleb Williams at the Combine. Here's a snippet from Caleb Williams on the notion that He does not want to be drafted by the Bears. Caleb Williams made two things clear to me. He said, one, he'd be excited if he went to the Bears. Now, I buttressed that by saying he'd be excited if the Bears traded him and he went anywhere else. But he said he was open to Chicago. He was excited for his first date with the Bears, as he'll be one of the teams that he meets with here. Talked about loving Michael Jordan, even deep dish pizza. He studied Walter Payton on YouTube. So there was an openness from Caleb Williams, which leads us to the next thing, which is there had been scuttlebutt in the vacuum of silence from Caleb Williams that he may try to manipulate the draft or try to do what Eli Manning did uh, a generation ago to the draft. And he simply said that wasn't true. He has no agenda going forward here with the draft. He, he said it's ultimately up to the Bears whether they want to pick him or not. Okay. So in other words, he's not pushing an agenda. He says the Bears had the last say. And then the money, regardless of how I feel, I'm not pushing an agenda of, yeah, I want to go or no, I don't want to go. I'm excited for whatever comes, period, in a story by Caleb Williams. He said, now, Freddie, let me tell you what I believe I heard. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) Washington Commanders at number two, if you can trade up and get me, please come get me. If you're Washington Commanders, do it. Find a way to do that. 100%. He's let it be known that I don't really like Chicago. I don't really want to play there. I don't want to play for the Bears. I've seen how they screwed up Justin Fields, and I don't want them to do that to me. And my coach at USC is now with Washington, and I get to stay home and have my mom's sweet potato pie and some wonderful grilled chicken and also some tossed salad and everything. Please trade up and go get him, Washington Commanders. Do yourself a favor. He's let it be known that this is his out clause yep. when it comes to Caleb Williams. The Bears are going to draft him number one. The Bears should draft him number one. But you got to guard against the fact that maybe, just maybe, we will not be able to change his mind about this organization. And heaven forbid, if he goes there and they struggle, I don't have my mom's sweet potato pie. I don't have the grilled chicken. The South's (laughs) getting awfully, awfully brown here in Chicago. Hey, commanders, do yourself a favor. Go up and get him, and him being Caleb Williams, about to be taken number one by the Chicago Bears. Yeah, Caleb Williams being from the DMV area also, um, it's not by surprise that Cliff Kingsbury, who was on the coaching staff for the USC Trojans last year, Mm -hmm. is now the offensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders as well. And when you also look at that organization, Freddie, and how it still has this stain from their former owner, Daniel Snyder, and now you have the Josh Harris group, you need to make a splash, right? You you need something within your organization that these fans could be drawn back to. Mm -hmm. That's also your job as an owner. That's your job as a general manager, but also to make sure you have the best 53 players on the roster comes op- when it comes to opening day. Yeah. And when you look at a guy in Caleb Williams and you look at Chicago, uh, 
it gets really dynamic because Ryan Poles was in Kansas City when they drafted in the front office, right, director of college scouting, when they picked Patrick Mahomes. Mm -hmm. So if there are any traits, and I'm not comparing Patrick Mahomes and and, and Caleb Williams people, so don't think I'm doing that. But if Ryan Poles is looking at that film or reviewing that film, and if there are any traits that he feels like are similar to Patrick Mahomes – I don't know how he cannot draft him. I, I really, I really don't. Yeah, that's going to be a very interesting conversation when Caleb Williams and the Chicago Bears have a chance to sit down, break some bread, have some sweet potato pie, possibly. That's going to be a very interesting conversation based on Caleb Williams saying, regardless of how I feel, at the end of the day, the Bears have the last say. Can I also say this, too, because I think it's very unique. We've seen okay. Lamar Jackson not hire an agent mm-hmm. and get a massive contract yep. with this mom being at the forefront and having a team around him. Caleb Williams hasn't ha- hired an agent. Also, Marvin True. Harrison Jr. Uh, I-, I think these players now are on to something. And I know a lot of the agencies aren't going to like this. Mm-hmm. A lot of people that, you know, could benefit from it. But I think what we're also seeing is – these big name players that feel like they can have a good, great team around them and also pocket a lot more money, yeah, they're going to do so moving forward as well. Yeah. So I just want to you know throw that out there. That's a good point to throw that out there because all of a sudden, because Rashawn, who was the one that did it for the Green Bay Packers? Didn't hire his own agent. Was it Rashawn Gary? Was it him? I think somebody Ooh, else who negotiated his own rookie deal and everything like that for the but Green Bay But we know Bay Richard Packers. Sherman, towards his till in his career, it's, he did it as well. Yeah, no doubt about that. Marshawn and Iowa, one of our new favorites, wants to win on Caleb Williams and maybe or maybe not wanting to join the Chicago Bears because they had the number one pick in the draft in late April. He's won to weigh in on this at 888-729-3776. Mighty Marshawn, what you got, my friend? What's going on, fellas? I, uh, I wanted to agree with the one guy that said, Justin Fields probably wasn't pretty as a freshman and end up becoming the man his senior year. I was just literally talking to myself like, man, the Bears went and got Jay Cutler, gave him $125 million, and this man was the number one sack quarterback in the league, number one intercepting quarterback in the league. You know why he was that? Because they didn't have no offensive line. So why would you go get Caleb Williams and he can't be protected? We need the P's, like the PPP plan. Protected, passing, <laughs> play. <laughs> two and two equals four, man. Two and two equals four. Left tackle, right tackle, center, quarterback. <laughs> Watch me go to the playoffs, man, if they go get that super team, man. I 100% agree with that guy. You're probably not the man when you first start off, but as you progress and people notice that, give them some years. Give them, a, give them some years, man. Some people don't come in number one off the back. Some people's got to progress. Some people's got to continue. But why would you continue to? My thing is this. If we got a business and a little, uh, a restaurant and we see that our employees is constantly getting better over the years, why would I keep getting new employees? You guys have a good day. Well, I, w- I would also say this, too. It, what What kind of spoils that is the quick fix to want things right now. Now, when you look at a guy like Patrick Mahomes, who didn't play his first year, but when he could throw for 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns in year one as a starter, that spoils that. When you have a guy like C.J. Stroud that got drafted to what people deem to be a dysfunctional organization, and he's able to have that immediate success and takes his team to the playoffs in year one, that kind of spoils things like that because owners would say – 
you know what? They were able to do it. Why in the hell can't we? Exactly. Because, What's taking us so long? Because, and I've said it before, to back of your point, I'll say it again. When you're the NFL and you're a second-by-second second league, it's not play-to-play. Play, it's not week-to-week. Week, it's not year-to-year. Year, it's a second-by-second second league. And when you see somebody having that kind of success, when you go back to Patrick Mahomes in year two or C.J. Stroud in year one of the Houston Texans, they're going to be playing owners who think they know more football than you do as a general manager yep. or know more than you do as a player personnel director or more than you do as a head coach. But because they're the ones that are paying everybody, they believe they can say whatever they like and they're going to say it. And if you're not living up to that standard, they will find somebody else. They make it seem that you can get any quarterback and plug them into a system and that should be okay. That's not how it flies in the National Football League. Most owners do know that. But some owners with a with an itchy, itchy trigger finger to make a move, those are the owners that always seem to get in the way of that. If you're the Bears, you have to exhibit patience. If you're going to go after Caleb Williams and draft him number one, you better exhibit patience. If you're going to keep Justin Fields, then you accelerate the process because you went from the amount of wins you didn't have in 2022 to getting a little bit better in 2023, and he played a little bit better towards the end of the season in 2023. So you can be patient if you draft Caleb Williams. But you bring in Justin Fields, then go get him some help. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com/network. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Why are you wasting time if you're the Bears? Go get him some help. Well, Freddie, I throw another guy out there. When you look at Joe Burrow in year one, he got injured. But in year two, you're able to make it to a Super Bowl. Year mm-hmm. three, you're able to get to an AFC championship game, right? And yep. we didn't view Cincinnati as an organization as one of the best. Sure. So those owners are looking at those situations and saying, okay, here's a guy who also didn't have protection. They got sacked nine times in the game, but it didn't damn matter. Yeah. Because I was sitting right there on those sidelines watching it and how the demeanor never, ever changed. And he's able to lead that team to a Super Bowl. Those owners are going to say, why are they able to do it? And we aren't. No, they're going to say, why are you not able to do it? What's your story? Because you're the GM. Yeah, exactly. And you're the head coach. We to the owners (laughs) means French for yes. Why are you not able to make that happen as a general manager? And why that other guy... That it was in the same position almost. His guy's working and our guy is not. Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together and Freddie and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Get a business insurance quote online in as little as six minutes. How can you do that? By visiting Progressive.com. So we're going to get a little flow underneath this a little bit. We're going to do what we like to call a combine edition of. They said it. You heard. 
What? And I guarantee you our answers are not going to be the same. And in, 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 in terms of con- continuity and consistency, Harry's going to go first, and I'm going to go second when it comes to. They said it. You heard it. What? NFL Combine Edition. We go to Bill's general manager, Brandon Bean. He was very upfront when it comes to a decision when you get a franchise-changing quarterback. If you can get a franchise quarterback, if he turns out to be a franchise quarterback, it'll be a good move. I mean, we got criticized a little bit for how much we gave up for Josh. And I'm like, well, if he doesn't work out, I'm not going to be here anyway. And if he does work out, nobody's going to give a They said it. You heard. What? Yeah, unless you're the San Francisco 49ers who moved up <laughs> to take Trey Lance and botched the <laughs> whole entire operation and found Brock Purdy, who Devin Kane doesn't still believe in, but it's okay. But what, <laughs> but what Brandon Beam actually said, hey, it's true to it. If you hit on that guy, excelente. Yes. If you don't, you're not going to be there. Mm-hmm. Here's what I heard. Whew. Were we lucky? <laughs> because many people <laughs> said, why are you drafting a guy that could not even complete 60% of his passes his senior year at Wyoming? Never mind the fact that three of his four top wide receivers have moved on either their eligibility requirements or moved on to other places. That's his way of saying, whew, thank God we lucked out and got that guy because we were taking a verbal, verbal beating in this city and all around the place for taking a guy that did not look the part but now, even with his turnover problems, is still an elite quarterback in the National Football League. Staying in the AFC East, Jets general manager Joe Douglas. He likes the makeup of his team. Seriously. There's a lot of talent coming back to this team. We have to add more to it. We know exactly what we have to do moving forward. The pressure is always intrinsic in this job whenever you walk in every day. Um, but I can tell you that we're not stressed. We're, we're, um, we're prepared. We're prepared. To, uh, to answer the bell here with the decisions that have to be mo- made moving forward. And so um, and that, that a lot of that has to do with the meetings that we had after the last time I talked to you guys. And feel, I feel really good about all of us, the personnel staff and coaching staff, analytics, everybody being on the same page. They said it. You heard. What? What I heard is that we're probably going to be more prepared this year than we were last year because last year we 100% weren't. We weren't prepared for Aaron Rodgers going down. Also, can he sound excited? No, he, he sounds can't. He sounds deflated before the season has even started. Yes, that's how he sounds. <laughs> that's Joe Douglas in a nutshell. He's not getting excited. He's not Man. an excitable boy like the old song by Warren Zevon. That's not what he does. Here's what I heard from him. I better like where we are as a team. Because if I don't, I'm not going to be here in 2025. Pew! So I better like what we have, especially keeping our quarterback healthy. And I got to do a better job of finding guys that can get in front of him and keep him protected because we don't lack skill position guys that can make big plays. Brees Hall at running back and Garrett Wilson at wide receiver. But not for nothing, that was Joe Douglas' way of saying, man, I better like where we are as a team, but I better not stay there because in the offensive line, we better get better or else regarding this Jets organization and Aaron Rodgers as our quarterback. Well, then you go to the Dallas Cowboys, and we know everybody likes to talk. Everybody has a radio show. Everybody has a TV show. Everybody has a podcast. Stephen Jones is the son of uh, Jared Jones. And as the executive vice president of the Dallas Cowboys, he talked about, I, we, we really like our culture, even though we haven't won anything since 1995. From the organization on down, we feel, we feel good about our culture. You always want to be better. Uh, I will say that. 
Our leadership on our team's outstanding. So, you know, you're always going to have somebody who's, you know, going to say something, uh, you know, that's not, you know, that might be, hey, that's their particular thought process on why we may have come up short, but I don't think in general. Personally, I don't think it's an issue. They said it. You heard. What? What I heard is, damn, deep down inside, I miss Emmett. I miss Troy. I miss Playmaker. I miss Alvin Harper. I miss all those offensive linemen. Uh huh. Because we really do have a culture problem. <laughs> Can't fake the funk with me, baby. What he said, part of what they said, what they heard, NFL Combine edition of Freddie <laughs> and Harry on ESPN Radio. There's no need to trampoline off of that. That is too good. That would be overkill <laughs> if I tried to add to that. Well, they added a different coach in Seattle. Pete Carroll out of the way. Mike McDonald, the head coach. But John Snyder still there as a general manager. Geno Smith is the starting quarterback for now. Emphasis on for now. Do you consider Geno the, the starter right now? And, and what, what kind of the move you made? Yeah, I mean, I would think yes, a starter until he's not. I mean, really, I mean, this is this 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 our coaches aren't down here with us, guys. So we're basically what we're doing is you know we we have a vision, we have a plan for what we're doing. They said it, you heard it. What? So basically, Geno Smith is our quarterback until he messes up, and we can put Drew Locke in. Uh, but then, if we're in a position to draft another guy in two thousand and twenty-five, because you know, head coach Mike McDonald didn't bring in Geno Smith. He also didn't bring in Drew Locke. Yeah, he's a quarterback for right now until he messes up. Baffles me, these guys saying stuff that they don't have to say. That's what I heard. I don't know what I heard from John Snyder, the general manager. I, I, I know he said something, but did he really say anything about Geno Smith? Why would you put that out there if you're saying he's our starter for right now? Well, what in the name of Russell Wilson does that mean when it comes to your starting quarterback in Seattle, Geno Smith? I don't know what I heard. It's like these guys sometimes want to make headlines just because. Like, well, there, there, there's there's no reason to say this out loud. Right. Like, what? Are, where are you trying to get at with it? Yeah, the only headline I have in my head is confused. I'm confused by what John Snyder had to say about Geno Smith being the starting quarterback in Seattle for right now. <laughs> there is no con- confusion when it comes to the Philadelphia Eagles. The end of last season was yuck and poo for a team that had a 10-1 start to the season and limped out of the playoffs. Their head coach, Nick Sirianni, talked about the culture, and he promises it'll be better in 2024 than it was in 2023. We're not that far removed from having one of the best cultures, uh, you know, that any of us had ever been been around. And, and that's, you know, our players would say that, our coaches would say that, and it's just some tweaks that we need to do. But make no mistake about it, the things that you can change how you communicate uh, your culture, you can change about little ways that way you do it with it. Um, but at the forefront, we're never going to change what, it, what the culture is. Connect, compete, accountability, football IQ, and fundamentals. They said it. You heard it. What? What I heard is that we had a bad six to seven game stretch. Mm-hmm. But don't you, Jai Turkeys, forget what we was able to do before I got here. Don't you, Jai Turkeys, forget what we was able to do the last <laughs> few years. <laughs> but if we don't get it right, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> that's my behind, Mr. Postman. <laughs> Here's what I heard. I wish we had Big Dom back. Ever since he got thrown off the sidelines in the loss of San Francisco, we haven't been the same. 
can we have Big Dom back on the sidelines? We felt so much better with him. He kept our he kept an eye on everything. He made sure he had our back. So NFL and Commissioner Roger Goodell, please, can we have Big Dom back? We were not the same team the minute that he got kicked out of that game and that loss to the San Francisco 49ers. Freddie, it was really rough, man. When you talk about the city of Philadelphia, Ooh. you know, the, from the Phillies uh, to Joel Embiid, mm-hmm. and that news, having surgery, the Philadelphia Eagles just dismantling absolutely. and going down to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and losing a first round in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Philly, I'm, I'm still with you. I'm still with you, Philly. Okay. The, the sad part is, you know, normally I would believe you're trolling. You're not trolling right now. I trust well, you. When it comes to the Phillies, I am. Okay. But everybody else, okay. I just want, I'm I just, not. I just wanted to make sure that we heard the right Harry Day, Harry Douglas when he came to talking about stuff. <laughs> Maybe he was trolling or not trolling here on Freddie and Harry. I'm Freddie Coleman. He's Harry Douglas. Hit us on Twitter at hdouglas83. That's Harry's handle. My handle at Coleman ESPN. So you got the three horsemen at the top of the NFL draft when it comes to quarterbacks. Caleb Williams at USC, Jaden Dams, the Heisman Trophy winner at LSU, and Drake May of North Carolina. We're going to give you what they're good at and what they're not good at. We get in touch with our NML Kuiper Jr. next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Freddie and Harry Podcast on ESPN Radio. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu. It is the Wednesday Groothon known as Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance. He's Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman, together on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Also, tell you, smart speaker to play ESPN radio and tune in as well. So, what are the good and the bad of the top three quarterback prospects this year in the NFL draft? And one former NFL player doesn't seem to like any of them. We're going to get to that. They're one of our favorites, Miss Kelly Illinois. It's been more than a minute since we heard from her at 888 729 3776. Miss Kells, what's going on, my sister? Oh, Freddie and Harry, my two favorite afternoon peeps. <laughs> so, I'm going to tell you. I'm a Packers fan mm-hmm. and an NFL junkie, and I'm going to tell you what I hear from my Bear fans, friends. Chicago is where quarterbacks go to die, okay? <laughs> now, I feel like I watch football. I, I'm, You know, I live for that. I think that Fields has been doing a good job, and if they would only – your quarterback is only as good as your offensive line. Get the man some help, because I'm going to tell you something. When your quarterback has more running yards than your receiver and your tight ends – there's a problem there. He shouldn't be scrambling for his life. So that's my opinion. But, you know, I'm not a $40 million a year coach. But And not only that, I think you should, like the Packers did, you draft a quarterback when you want one, not when you need one. So Ooh. that's, my, out, that's, my, that's, that's my outlook on that, my boys. That's good. Yeah, I think what, what, what Ryan Poles also has to do is continue to work on this offensive line. They were able to get one. Uh, last year, but continuously build on that because if you can't protect your franchise quarterback, 
I don't think you're going to be able to have a chance, point yeah. blank, period. We've mm-hmm. seen another young quarterback in Sam Howell get sacked a bunch of times. We've seen Zach Wilson get sacked a bunch of times. We've seen Daniel Jones get sacked a ton of times. Right. And I think offensive line play is very critical for a young quarterback, but also having a valuable run game mm-hmm. and taking a lot of that pressure off of that young quarterback as well. Uh, what Ryan Poles is doing, I'm not going to sit up here and, and say he's not doing a phenomenal job. Right. Um, he's been doing good. He's been doing good, and we got to remember where this team was when he took over. And I think he's been put some pieces in place to be able to have this team in a position to, number one, take a quarterback. But we've seen the promise, and also Matt Uberflus, and I will continually give him credit for not allowing things to fall apart last year when yeah. they didn't go well so early. Yeah, That's, you know, They, they yeah. made a few trades and, and was able to get – some pieces, and they're building right now. Yeah, he d- he did a really good job keeping everything afloat when it looked like that season was going to go and be a disastrous situation when it comes to Matt Eberflus, still the head coach of the Chicago Bears. But no matter who's going to be at the top of the draft, we know it's going to be th- – it should be the three quarterbacks when it comes to Caleb Williams of USC, as well as Jaden Dams of LSU and Drake May of the University of North Carolina. Well, Merrill Hodge, who played in the NFL, not a fan of Caleb Williams. And when he was on 106.7, the fan in Washington, D.C., he apparently is not a fan of Drake May either. I wouldn't touch May. I wouldn't, I wouldn't grab May. I wouldn't draft him in the first round. And there's a bunch of things that bother me. He's extremely inconsistent as uh, his accuracy. His processing, inconsistent. He's not extremely athletic. I think I find him more stiff. He's got a longer throwing motion, which allows more hits in our league than he gets in college. I wish people could see the look on Harry Douglas's face right now because he had the same look on his face when he had to hear this on Get Up Yesterday on ESPN, and the look has transferred to radio more than 24 hours later. Because I just don't understand the, the not as athletic and he's a stiff. This is a guy in Drake May we're talking about over the last two years totaled over 1,100 yards rushing and 16 touchdowns. In 2022, he led the North Carolina Tar Heels in rushing. And when you watch Mm -hmm. him on sprint outs, uh, whether it's to the right, but also going against against his non-throwing arm to the left side, we watch him make throws over and over again. It was a play against Pittsburgh in which, you know, he was down in tight red zone and he's finna get sacked. And, he makes a very athletic play throwing it with his left arm, also being having the instincts to be able to do it. I mean, Patrick Mahomes does stuff like that. We're, we're praising him left right. and right. Mm-hmm. Like we're here yeah. talking about, but do you also know the family history of Drake May? No, he comes from pretty athletic dudes. A, a pretty athletic family. Mm-hmm. So I, I, don't, I don't see how you watch his film and, and, and say he's not as athletic as, as you thought yeah. or he's a stiff. I, I don't get that. We, it was a play against Clemson where there's a blitz coming off the left side. He's drifting to the right side and throws off his back foot a touchdown and puts the ball perfectly where it needs to be for that wide receiver. Right. So I, I, don't, I don't get that when I watch him. Here's when I address how I'm going to address what Merrill Hodge had to say. I wanted Merrill Hodge, saw all the expectations both of these guys had going into last season. Their teams and them individually and collectively did not live with those, those expectations. We, yep. Many people thought UFC, if they could find some defense, was going to be a national championship contender or that Drake May was going to be more of a Heisman Trophy contender and North Carolina could be a potential top-10 team out of the ACC. When both of those things didn't happen, immediately people say, okay, what happened to the quarterback? What happened to Caleb Williams? What happened to Drake May? I wonder how much of that is affecting his quote-unquote evaluation because I saw the same things you did when it comes to Drake May. 
I saw Caleb Williams that can make those spectacular plays, but I, saw, I thought at times because he knew his defense wasn't any good and the offense was skittish at times that he tried to override the transgressions and sins of others, and he wound up making too many plays and not making enough plays that were keeping the chains moving and keeping the offense in that kind of rhythm and kind of flow. I don't have any doubt that both of these guys are going to be successful NFL quarterbacks, but when you say that Drake May looks stiff and unathletic, I wonder how much football Drake May did Merrill Hodge actually watch when it came to the quarterback in North Carolina? Well, because that's that's the I think that's the last thing I would say about Drake May off of all the film that I've watched. And Freddie, you know I cover college football, so I, I'm not going to come on air and talk about a, uh, anybody if I haven't watched their tape or watched their film. I just don't believe in that. I, I would never be able to be in this business and, and, and do business in, in that manner. Right. So I, the last thing I see is non-athletic. When it comes to Drake May, I think we, we can go ahead too. And also, mm-hmm. when it comes to all three of these quarterbacks, talk about their pros and cons. And okay. I'll start with Drake May. Let's start there. We're here on Freddie and Harry on right. ESPN I, Radio. I think there are times where you see the inconsistencies in his game because just just like I mentioned, he can roll to the left and make those throws. There are times where he will roll mm-hmm. and you see the ball thrown in the dirt. So just being consistent across the board for Drake May. And I think. When you look at his career at North Carolina and the phenomenal year he had in 2022 versus 2023, well, coordinator switch, yeah. right? Didn't have the weapons that he thought he was going to have. And Devontae Walker wasn't able to play early on. It's a guy he was expected to have. And I'm not making an excuse for him. It's just real life and real mm-hmm. riddings. So that's Drake May. But you look at his size and you look how strong he is. Uh, he's the prototypical looking quarterback yeah. that you want to draft. Now, when it comes to Caleb Williams, I think I start with the pros. Instinctive. And I'm going to go all the way back to his freshman year when he's playing at Oklahoma on Lincoln Riley against Kansas. And it's a fourth down, and that running back is not about to get that first down. And he instinctively takes the football from him, and he goes and gets the first down, and, and, and Oklahoma wins the game. Or when he's playing against – in the biggest robbery against Texas, and he comes in that game because he's not starting, and it's fourth down, and he breaks three tackles and runs for a touchdown. Or when he's stepping up in the pocket and throws off one foot and put the ball where only his guy Marvin Mims can catch it. And we're also talking about a Heisman guy, the arm angles, and how he can make just about every throw on the football field. Now, the cons when it comes to Caleb Williams – he can be very sporadic at times. No doubt. And there are times where I, I, I will – ideally, I would like for him to sit in the pocket a little bit longer and just be a pocket passer. But he's so sporadic at times, you're like, why are you leaving the pocket? There's no reason for you to be leaving the pocket right now. Now, when you talk about Jaden Daniels – Who may have the least amount of questions based on what I'm about to hear from you. <laughs> I really, really like him. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. Um, I think at 6'4", his deep ball, of all the guys in this draft, he has the best deep ball. I think Michael Penix is the only guy that can challenge him in those regards. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very explosive. A lot of their explosive plays came from him, whether he was throwing it or he was passing it. He rushed for over 1,100 yards last year alone and double-digit touchdowns. And I think when I'm looking at his cons, sometimes he could be indecisive. Okay. Right, he could be indecisive. He he does a good job of going through his reads, but there are times you can see if he's indecisive, he may hitch a little bit right. before he throws it. And in the National Football League, you can't do that because now yeah. that becomes an interception. Yeah, because we saw that in the second half versus Alabama, where he was terrific in the first half, but then that defense did some different things and made some adjustments, and then they knocked him loose a little bit as well. And yeah. I thought at times he got overwhelmed by the defense and also the fact that they made those adjustments. 
whether it was him, coaching, combination of, of both, they were not able to overcome that against an NFL-type defense that he saw from the Alabama Crimson Tide in the second half. And he also, I would say, the, the, the times that he did play Alabama, he he did very, very well. Absolutely. Nick, Nick Saban, had to, and that defense had a hard time trying to figure it out. And I think what saved Alabama is that he actually got knocked out of the game last year yeah. and couldn't finish that matchup. Yeah, no doubt about that. Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. Keep weighing in on Twitter at Coleman ESPN and at HDouglas83. So when we got the Clippers and the Lakers playing against each other tonight, can we really call it the battle for L.A. when the Lakers won that battle a long time ago? That's next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. It is the Wednesday group with known as Freddie and Harry with Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. So you're section Channel 80 and always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. It's the quote-unquote battle for Los Angeles tonight. Los Angeles Clippers taking on Los Angeles Lakers. Catch that game at 10 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN. Let's bring in the always talent and the friend of the show, FOS she is, Ramona Shelburne, ESPN NBA reporter here on Twitter, at Ramona Shelburne. Ramona, I'll start right there with this battle for L.A. What is it like to have this game happening when many people believe more in the Clippers than the Los Angeles Lakers? You know, it's interesting because the Lakers went to the Western Conference Finals last year, right? So you yes. always have that in the back of your mind that this this may not be a great regular season team, but if they can get healthy at the play, you know, in playoff time, and if they can get it together, they have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and it and as much as the Clippers have looked like the better team. They have been the better team for most of this season, especially since they, they got through those first 10 games with James Harden. Um, they, they have the same issue. If they can be healthy at the right time, they can make a win. Right. And so there's a sort of, there's a sort of like, you don't really know what to make of either team until you get to the playoffs and it's, and it's proving time. And I say that because I was watching the Clippers before the All-Star break, and I was like, man, they're, that's, that's the team. Like, If anyone's going to take down Denver, it might be them because they got the right, the right type of players to do it. They got a couple of bigs who can hang with Jokic, right? They have Zubac, and, and, um, and I think it's – and then all of a sudden they go out, they come out of the All-Star break, kind of flat, lose a game in Oklahoma City, they beat Memphis, come home, lose to the Kings. Paul George has been out with some knee soreness. He's not going to play tonight against the Lakers, and you're like – and there comes that injury question again mm-hmm. with both of these teams. And the one, the one thing I could say with, with both of them having covered them all year is when they're at their best, they're great. You just, you just only get it in flashes because they're kind of always juggling that, that question. So you, you mentioned the injury to Paul George and how he's not going to play tonight and how both of these teams in the past have dealt with injuries. Which one do you have the most concerns about as we get closer to the postseason? I think I'm always going to say the Lakers just because of the history, right? I mean, LeBron James has been so good, but he's 39, okay? So you just kind of have to have – he's got that ankle injury he's been managing all year. Anthony Davis, I'm, I'm literally going to knock on wood as I say this to you. You hear me knocking on wood? Right. Like, has been remarkably healthy. If you, if you have him on your fantasy team, you've had a very good year because he's played a lot and he's been great all year. Um, but the, because of those two guys and the, the fragile nature there, it makes me – Gives me more pause. The one thing I don't know if we, enough people are talking about this. Kawhi Leonard has played a lot of games. Yes, he, he was he was the poster child for load management. Like it was almost the Kawhi Leonard rule when they put that rule in, right? Uh, this year of playing sixty five games and being eligible for awards. And 
I don't think it's going to be a problem for him so far. As long as he stays healthy, he's been great. And I, I actually asked him about it the other night. He was playing the Kings, and, I, you know, they, they lost. So it was not the greatest time to ask a question, like an open-ended question. But I'm just curious because he was out there, and he still looked good. And I said, what's, what's been the key to you being strong at this point in the season, to you playing all these games? And he goes, in very typical Kawhi Leonard fashion, he says, not tearing my ACL and not tearing my meniscus. <laughs> not surprised I at all. <laughs> I mean, if I would have asked LeBron James the same question, he would have given me two minutes on how hard he works to maintain his body. <laughs> and Kawhi was like, not tearing my ACL and not tearing my meniscus. I'm like, that good point. <laughs> Sometimes beauty and simplicity. Thy name is Kawhi yeah. Leonard of the Los Angeles yeah. Clippers. Ramon DeShelburne, ESPN NBA <laughs> reporter, joining us on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. We talk about both of these teams, and they got to stay healthy. We know that. They also know yeah. exactly what the kind of talent level that they have. But it comes down to coaching. In your opinion, who's under more pressure to have a deeper run? Is it Tyron Lue with the Clippers or Darvin Ham with the Lakers? Oh, 100% Darvin Ham. Okay. I mean, it's Tyron Lue is a made man, okay? Like, he is a, he's a made man in this league. He's won a championship in Cleveland. He's been one of the best X's and O's coaches. I think he could be in a, one of the Olympic team coaches one day. Like, I think, you know, Kerr's going to do it this time. Probably hands the reins off to Spolster for the next round. And then it might be Tyron Lue if he wants it because he's, he's okay. been in that mix too. And I think, he's, I think he's established himself in the league no matter what happens with the Clippers as one of the best coaches in the league. Darvin Ham, a great rookie season. I think he did a remarkable job managing all those egos last year with Westbrook and, and, all, and how that played out, right? And then totally reconstituting the team at trade deadline and managing all those egos. But when you're, he, he is this only a second year, and he does face pressure every time they lose. And there is there has been chatter already about lineups. And so until you win in this league and until you have a long track record, you're always under the gun, and especially for the Los Angeles Lakers with LeBron James. Okay. So we talked about this a little bit earlier and actually had a lot of fun with it. Which young player, in your opinion, is going to be the face of the NBA once LeBron retires? But we kind of kept it to 26 and under. Okay, so you're going to keep it on the young guys. Yes. Because, like, my answer, I actually, I mean, Jason Tatum still qualifies. Yep. Okay? He's yes. still only 25, he's only which 25. is amazing yep. to me. He's mm-hmm. only 25. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say this. He's not the loudest or the flashiest, but have, I know him personally. I think he's a much more interesting guy than you might realize because he does, he's not, like, he's not a big personality. But when you know him, you, he, he's, he's got that. Plus, He's playing on the Boston Celtics. Amen. Like that is a that is a franchise that is you know upper echelon NBA most championships in NBA history. I think they have to be regarded as the favorite this year. And so everything changes when you win one, right? And I think yeah. he's got the he's got the intelligence, he's got the personality that if you give him a chance, right? Like I mean, I think what's he known for? His his uh, he's a great dad. Deuce is always running on the court. Um, <laughs> You know, he, like, you know him like that. You know him from what he said to Cassidy Hubbard at the end of last year, during the playoffs, right, when he said, she said, well, you, you missed everything in the first half, and then you came back in the second half. But had you had you turned things around, he said, the, humbly speaking, I'm one of the best basketball players in the world, right? And that was, <laughs> that was an all-time quote, and it got put on T-shirts in Boston. And I'll tell you what, like, when you write about the face of the Boston Celtics, 
and a star player like that, um, there's a lot of Celtics fans out there that you don't, I mean, you may not, you might always hear them unless you're in the Northeast, but, but there's a lot of Celtics fans up. So I think, I think if they go on a run and they win one, I think it could be Jason Tate. Yeah. Boston fans being loud, no matter where they are. Ramona, always a pleasure, my friend. <laughs> Take care and I enjoy the game tonight as well. And thank you so much. Yep. She's an SOS sister to the show. She's Ramona Shelburne, ESPN NBA reporter here on Twitter, Ramona Shelburne. And she's been backing up what we said about you have a guy on the one of the most storied franchises, not in the NBA, but in professional sports. And not being that higher up on the MVP ladder when they had the best record in the NBA, that's really confusing to me when it comes to Jason Tatum. But I think what's, what's dynamic that she said, Freddie, and, and we've been kind of saying this too a little bit, when you win one, when you win a championship, mm-hmm it puts you in a different spectrum. It really does. And Jason Tatum has that opportunity this year to shut a lot of people up and bring a title back home to Boston. Yeah, because look what it did for the Denver Nuggets. They won the championship. Now everybody's saying, hey, the West goes to the Denver Nuggets, and now the Nuggets have to prove anything in the Western Conference. When it comes to proving anything, that's an annual thing with the Dallas Cowboys. But then you use the word culture, and that could be a problem. That's next. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry podcast.